great to be here, isn't it? Oh, man, what a joy it is to celebrate this Resurrection Day with each one of you. You know, I'd like to begin our thought today. We're going to jump right into this message this morning, and we're going to take a look at Romans chapter 8, verse 11. And I want us to take a look at the scripture for a second. And this is what God's word reads to us, that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, what does it do? It lives in you. Meaning this, the Spirit or the power of God. Think of it this way. The amount of power that it took to raise Jesus from that grave that day is the exact same power that is in each and every one of us. That means, watch this, that means you don't have to celebrate Easter just today. But that each one of us has the opportunity to experience Easter every single day. And the scripture goes on to say, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will. Watch this, not maybe not, right? Not if, not according to something, if something else may happen. It says, but he will give you to your mortal. Watch this, this means your dead areas. God never intended for this to be a yearly celebration. God intended for this Easter power to be a celebration that will take and go into the dead areas of your life and breathe life back into it. But the scripture says, and give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Listen to this. All of us, we have dead areas within our lives. We have areas within our lives that have no life within them, that have no breath within them. And God is saying, I'm capable and I'm willing to breathe life into those areas. Now, the resurrection of Jesus gives you and I the power to close the gap between the life that you want and the life that you're supposed to live out or the life that you could live. Some of us, we are haunted, possibly, with the thought of this, I know this is not what my life is supposed to look like. Think about that statement for a minute. Let that statement kind of resonate with inside of you for a moment. Some of us are haunted with the very thought, you wake up, you go to bed, you go throughout your day, and the thought may come through your life, this is not what I intended. This is not the life that I feel that I was supposed to live out. Or more importantly, that God wants me to live out. We have formed what possibly would be a massive gap of where you are versus where you feel, or more importantly, where God wants you to be. We can understand that the resurrection power, that the Easter power that we're celebrating today is available for each one of us to close that gap. Watch this. This is how I see church. I don't want to be something. I don't want this to be something 
that you just have or feel like you have to come to for an hour on a Sunday or an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday. I want this to look as if it is life that is being breathed into you. A life that is what? Simply vibrant, that's carrying you on what this thing is called, and that is a spiritual journey. We're constantly going through this, and we should be doing it together, not on our own, because watch this. There's power in numbers. There's power in numbers. Why do you think we have teams? Why do you think there's clubs? Why do you think there's groups? Because there's power in numbers. Now, there is more than what you are currently experiencing potentially within your life. There's a better view than the one that you have in this specific moment or right now in the season of life that you may be in. We should be looking at the Bible with this type of view, seeing a process, seeing our spiritual lives as a journey that God is taking us on so that we in turn are fulfilling what his plan, purpose, will, and desire is for your life. Because I'm going to promise you this, you will never be truly happy unless you are following the steps that God has ordered for your life. There's no way around that. You can have seasons of happiness, but true joy is lasting, and it only comes through Jesus Christ. There is more than what you're experiencing. So we read in the scriptures the Easter account. We read the Easter story. We, we all know this. But I want to ask you this for a second. Have you ever asked yourself, why three days? Like, why did it have to be three days? You know, if he came to earth to take on the sins of the world and to what? Die on a cross to pay for your sins, to pay for my sin. If it was the Father's will for him to conquer death, to conquer hell, to conquer the grave, why the gap? Why three days? Why the gap? Why did it prolong? Why couldn't he just, the moment he died, resurrected? Why three days? Well, even in the death, even in the burial, and even in the resurrection. And here's what I named them. The Friday, the Saturday, and the Sunday. Jesus was showing you and I a process. He was showing us steps, showing you what could be or what could happen within your life. Let's take a look in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. The word of God tells us this. For God called you to do what? Good. Look at your neighbor and say, do good. Oh, you got to do that. See, some of you, you're not used to me. Okay, I get it. I need your participation. Look at your neighbor and say, do good. All right. Why? Because God called you to. Okay, so we understand. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. Just as Christ suffered for you, he is what? Your example. So what did Jesus do here? He modeled some steps. The Friday, he modeled the Saturday, and he modeled the Sunday experience. Now let's move on in that scripture. He goes on to say, he is your example 
and you must do something here. What must you do? You must follow in his steps. Now, I'm, not, I'm going to break away here for just a second. I can't find any other person throughout history who it would be better to follow in the steps of. We say we have mentors. We say that we have people that we look up to. We say that we have people that we want our lives to eventually what reflect. But I promise you this, there is no one better to reflect. There is no one better than to be your mentor. There is no one better than to walk the steps ahead of you so that you could then what fill them than who? Jesus Christ. We can see in the Easter account, the Friday, it teaches us something. The Saturday, it teaches us something. And the Sunday, it teaches us something. So go into your outline that I gave you. I hope you have one. If not, look at the neighbors. Or you can go in your version Bible app. It's there as well. And here's your first spot, Friday, the day of pain. This is what we're going to take a look at for a moment. You'd have to agree that Friday was the day of pain. It's the day that he went through what? Torture. It's the day that he went through crucifixion. It's the day that he went through whippings. It's the day that he went through the nails and the, what, the crown of thorns that were placed on his head. It's the day where the spear was placed on his side. It was a horrendous day. And let me just say this. He couldn't, or rather he could have, picked a much better time within history than the time that he picked. Think about that for a moment. You probably never have. Maybe you're much more intelligent than me because I never had until recently. There's any moment throughout human history, Jesus or God could have willed it for his son to come down to this earth to live the life out and to go through the, the torture, the ridicule, and the death that he went through. But instead, he chose the most barbaric time. The time where capital punishment was at its highest. Think about it, if, if you would, with me. If Jesus was sent today, how would his crucifixion went? A lethal injection. He went through the time when it would have been the most painful the most humiliating moment. He picked a moment where it was the absolute worst. Why? Why is that? Because he wanted to experience the day of pain so that he could help you in your day of pain. There are many of you here today that you are smiling. You're here with your family. You've got your Easter colors on. All right? You did the experience with the baskets this morning. All of those wonderful things, but inside, there's physical pain. Things that you're going through, difficulties. And here's what you are doing. Here's your next spot. You are warring. What does that mean? You are in a war. Some thoughts of the pain that Jesus must have endured. I'm going to identify these so that you can identify with them. Types of pain, number one physical pain. This would be the obvious one. We know this part of the story all too well. We've seen the movies, we've seen the plays, we've seen the passion of the Christ. But the truth of the fact is that some of you, you're hurting badly. The problem 
with this is that it not only is hurting within the outside, but it begins to infilter within the inside of you. It's messing with your hope. It's messing with your soul. It's messing with you so badly that it's causing pain. And watch this. Jesus totally understands. He gets this because he himself had experienced at all points, the Bible says, what pain truly is. Secondly, another pain that that Jesus obviously had went through was an emotional one. We forget about that pain of Jesus. The Bible says that he was what? Despised? That he was rejected? That he was betrayed as a man full of sorrows? Look, he grew up in a poor family. He was born uh, to a mom who wasn't yet married. Imagine the baggage that brought into his life. In fact, some of you today could probably identify with exactly that. He was not only betrayed by by the crowds, but this man Jesus was even betrayed by the closest to him. His inner circle, his friends, he had some guys who what sold him out. He had others who were the closest to him and they even questioned his own belief. Even while he was being tried, the people who were supposed to be His inner circle bailed on him. Some of you today, you're smiling, but you might be feeling rejected. You may feel betrayed or falsely accused, and guess what? It hurts. It's not a pain that you can easily get over. Maybe even more so than the physical pain, because the scars go so much deeper, and it becomes a sickness within your soul. Now, the next one to me is is huge. It's big. I mean, if you had this one under control, the others might be slightly bit more manageable, but this one cuts to the very core, and this is it, a relational pain. You know, if you're single, he knows what it's like to be single. The Bible tells us, in fact, and he knows what it's tempted, how it feels to be tempted in every way. It says that he was tempted on all points, but yet he never what? Sinned. Some may say, well, he doesn't know what it's like to be married. Hmm. Not so fast. We are the bride of Christ, and he is the groom. So he knows the relational side, and he knows what it's like to be cheated on. Here's the crazy part. He had a crazy family. I don't even need to go there. Some of y'all even know. You're just like, don't look at the person beside you. He had a crazy family, right? He had brothers. He had sisters who weren't all in, who were not supportive. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You're sitting there thinking of who in the world is the crazy one in your family. If you can't find who they are, That's you. He's the one inside preaching. And his family is the one on the outside saying he's the crazy person. So why are we saying all of this? Because you are in the Friday of life. There's a lesson in all of this. Let's take a look in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. 
And it says this, and we know that God causes. Oh, let's stop there for a second, right? God causes what's that's your pains, that's everything that you've gone through. I've learned this in life. God either causes it or God allows it to happen. It says, and we know that God causes everything. Look at, look at the person beside you say everything. That was better than the first time I had you to participate. Let's try that one again. Look at the person beside you and say everything. Man, that was good. You sounded, you sounded great. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good. In other words, this is what God knows how to do. He, now, he knows how to take your situation, flip it, take the pain that you are going through, and give it a purpose. Everything to work together for the good of those who what? Love God and are, go- are called according to his purpose for them. So what does he do? He puts purpose in your pain. That's an incredible thought. God is somehow going to use what you're going through. Here we go. There is no pain that his purpose cannot redeem. So if you're in the Fridays of life, you need to know this. But truth be known, many of us are not in the Fridays. We've had Fridays, but maybe you're actually in the Saturday. And I find the Saturday to be the one that's kind of more unknown, forgotten, looked over. Because Saturday is this, the day of confusion. It's a day not spoken of. The disciples weren't sitting around and going, oh, one more day and it's Easter. In fact, Jesus told them he was going to resurrect on the third day, but they had all forgotten. In fact, I find it interesting, as I was reading this week in Luke, the account of Luke, and uh, I was reading through the resurrection story, exactly what we're celebrating today. And, 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 and as I was going through it, as, as the women went to the tomb on, on that resurrection uh, day, and they went there, and, and they found the tomb to be open, and the, the, the angel of the Lord is there with, before them and says, uh, wait, the, the guy you're looking, remember? Remember the guy you're looking for? What he told you. How quickly we forget. In fact, his disciples were nowhere even around. That's bad for the guys. Some of you will get that later. Think about that statement for a moment. The Bible says that they had gotten so confused on that day, on that, day that they went back simply to their old patterns of life. He's only been gone one day. Now here we are on the second day, and they're already shifting to the old patterns of life. And here's where you're at. You are waiting. I don't like that word. Waiting to me means patient. I don't have patient. I like to play this game called golf. I like to play it. I didn't say I'm good at it. And uh, I had bought a new set of clubs, or my wife did for Christmas, and got them to me early. And I went a couple days or maybe a couple weeks before Christmas with a, another guy. And we went and we played golf. And I had my new, and I was hitting the ball pretty good with the news. I was pretty excited about it. It was an exciting time. I was like, yeah, this is, yeah, you know, Tiger, yeah. You know, Phil, you know. And, and then I, I hit a, you know, things get streaky in life. You ever notice that? There's seasons of good, seasons of bad. Things kind of get streaky. Well, I was doing good, and then I got into a bad, streaky season. 
And, 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 and again, I had somebody with me. I was a really bad example here. And I hit a shot, and it didn't go well. And it was like the fifth shot. And I took that club, and I just went through it. And he looked at me and goes, that's nice, Pastor. I, we don't like, we don't have patience sometimes, do we? Sometimes we just don't, ha- I got the club, it's okay, all's good. But you know, you've had pain. And you know there's promise, but you don't see it happening. You just see that there's this gap. And so what we end up doing sometimes within life is we feel stuck. And so we will do some crazy things in this waiting game. When we're confused, here's what we'll do. Number one. We want answers, and we want them right now. Like, why do I have to go through this? I ask it all the time. Now, have you ever thought about this? And, and, and this is me. You know, when I get to heaven, I've got some questions. Okay? Like, seriously, Noah. I live on Shinkatig. There's, there's, there was just two mosquitoes, and you couldn't take care of them. Look what you have done to us and them stinking green heads. I mean, where's the love, right? And, and this one's a dumb one, and you've probably thought about this, and you've heard people say it's so cliche, but I want to know, did Adam have a belly button, or was it just a blank canvas? How weird must that be? So watch this. We all want answers. You probably want way more educational and philosophical and theological than I do. Good for you. So when we don't get answers, here's what we do. We begin to doubt. The disciples weren't going one more day. In fact, uh, one guy doubted so much that his name is eternally stamped. Doubting Thomas. Jesus is standing right in front of him in his resurrected body. And he still has the audacity to say, I need to see them whole. Before I believe, show me. Some of you, you, you've heard this story so much that we have literally got stuck within the journey. You've lived out wanting answers. You have lived out the doubt. But truth be known, your doubting hasn't helped you out one single bit. You're stuck. So that leads us to number three. We give up. One disciple gave up. What did he do? He committed suicide. Then the one that we have labeled to be the greatest disciple of them all, Peter, decided to quit the ministry and go back to fishing. How short-lived our minds are. Here's the one that you hear from people when they are in the Saturdays of, of confusion, and it is this. We feel alone. We feel abandoned. That relates to us in so many ways. We feel stuck in the Saturday's ways of life. Here's a thought. The way to deal with the pain and to see the purpose in it is simply this. And watch this. It's not hard. This is very easy. And that is get close to God. The scripture says in, in Psalms, a deer panteth for the water so my soul should what? Thirst you. There's another psalm in, 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 in the, the author Asaph, he's complaining because he doesn't understand something. And so 
He's upset. And he says the wicked are prospering, but the righteous are hurting. And so he goes on to say that surely in vain I have kept myself pure. Now let's take a look in Psalm 73. He says, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. In other words, he actually got depressed over this. He wanted answers. He doubted. He was willing to give up. And because all of that, he began to feel all alone. But here, here's where it changes. It says what? Till. Till I entered the sanctuary of God. And then I understood. There's something to be said about entering into God's presence. That when I get close to God, I feel safe again. Because we can understand this one promise. Wherever God's presence is, help me out, everything changes. The outcomes change. The attitudes change. Everything that you're involved in changes. There's no confusion that his presence cannot come. That even when the storms of life come and you see them a mile away or they creep up on you, Unexpectedly, the presence of God has a way to bring in peace. And watch this. I don't want you on just one of these days that we are talking about. But I want you to experience this journey. I want you to experience the last one, the resurrection day, Sunday, the day of resurrection. Where dead things Things that you thought were dead and over can now be resurrected and life be brought back into them. The first day we are warring. The second day we are waiting. But this day we are winning. Let, let me say that one again, all right? The first day we are warring. The second day we are waiting. But the third day, on the third day, we are winning. Jesus doesn't just offer resurrection. He is resurrection. John chapter 11 tells us, I am the resurrection and the life. Watch this. You got to help me out here. The one who what? Believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by what? Believing in me will never die. And I love this. He follows it up with this, and this is what I'm following it up, and here's how I'm wrapping this deal up. Do you what? Believe this. Do you believe this? Do you believe this story? Do you believe this account? Do you believe what this man died for you? Do you believe that he has a love that is matchless? Do you believe that he has a power with inside of him to resurrect anything that could possibly be dead within your life? Do you believe that God can heal your marriage? Do you believe that God can bring your children to salvation? Do you believe that God can take a look at your career and route you into purpose and the plan that he has for your life? Do you believe this? Now... There is no death that his power 
simply cannot resurrect. Let's take a look in Philippians real fast as I close this up. Philippians chapter 3. The author is saying, Paul is saying, I want to know Christ. And understand, not know him as in the sense of your mind, but I want to know him in my heart. He says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Think about that. I want to know him and I want to experience this mighty power. I want to suffer with him. That's the Fridays of life. I want to share in his death. That's the Saturdays of life. So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. That is your Sunday. You can't have any of this without knowing who Jesus Christ is. Stand with me this morning. There is only one thing that can help you have this. There's only one person that can help you have this. And his name is Jesus. The best decision that you could ever make today, that you could ever make within your lifetime, is a decision to say this, it's time. It's time. No more excuses, but it's time. It's time for me to give my life to the one who died for me. It's time for me to have this man breathe life back into my dead area. It's time for me to, to reflect and do that for a moment. Reflect what he did for you. That day of pain, Reflect on that, the torment, the ridicule. Reflect on the emotional pain that he had gone through. All the while he was doing it and you were the first one on his mind. There is nothing that I would not do for my boys. Nothing that I would not do for my boys. And it causes me to reflect and go, how much more? How much more being in my mortal body, I'm able to do for mine. How much more? And his supernatural, and his all majestic, and his all loving, his all caring, his all compassion. How much more will your heavenly father do for you? That's a game changer. That moment. So I want every eye bowed, every eye closed. I want to ask you this question today. It's simply this. Do you want this man, Jesus, to be the Lord of your life? To be your Savior? If you've never accepted him, I'm even going to take it a step further. If you just want to in inwardly recommit yourself to him today I get that too it's a day of resurrection let's allow God to breathe life into all things but if that's you today and you want to say and, and you feel compelled within your spirit 
And you understand that, watch, it's time. It's time. God has given you another opportunity. It's time. How many more do you have? We don't know. But right now, it's time. If that's you today, and you want to give your life over to Jesus Christ, I want you to slip up your hand. That's it. I see those hands. See that hand? I see those hands. I see that one. That one. Wow. Hands are all over. I see them. I see them. I'm going to give you one more moment, if that's you today. Today's the day of salvation, I see. Today's the day where everything changes. Today's the day where life is brought back in. You can put them down. Now let's pray this prayer together as a church, if you would, with me. Excited, enthusiastic, bold. Lord Jesus, today I commit my life to you. Be my Lord, be my master, be my savior. From this moment on, you order my steps. Protect me, lead me, and guide me. I love you, and today, Lord, forgive me my sins. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. Amen. Now, if that was you today and you gave your life over to Jesus, you made a commitment of your life for Jesus. For the first time, I want to give you this book. It's called, You've Chosen to Follow Christ, What's Your Next Step? It's an easy read. It's a cool read. I enjoyed it. I know that you will too. But we want to prepare you for what this journey is going to entail for your life because it's going to be one that is fabulous. I promise. I want to end with this prayer. Father God, we love you and we thank you this day because we are celebrating you, Jesus. The grave could not hold you. You came forward. You have given us salvation. You have given us compassion and love beyond all measure, beyond understanding. So God, as we leave this place today, we know, Lord, that we have been in your presence and that you are doing great things. So God, I pray for every person in this room. God, that your Holy Spirit would go with them as they leave here. God, may they be successful in all that their hand is put to. God, may you bless their lives over and over again. Father, we love you and we thank you. And Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. Amen.